Go. Yes, I Meowizong. And welcome to another episode of Africa's Untold Stories. Um, yes, my name is Brian, as per usual, and I am with. <laughs> and you are with Sayram, as usual. Great. So, mm. this is a continuation of the most recent episode. So, Sayram is all yes. You. Exactly. So, we're going to pick it back up off of scarification, right? Mm-hmm. So, just a quick recap. We looked at, and if you've not listened to the other episode, please give it a listen. It was all, 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 all great. But we looked at some, uh, we looked at what scarification is. We looked at some particular cultures and how they used these um, scars or these body modifications for identification. How some of them used it in like a more social aspect of things. How some of them used it for uh sensual and erotic purposes i didn't even get to dive into that deeply sadly if you want an episode on that you can always request it <laughs> but yeah now we're going to be looking at some other uh some other ways some, some other ways that some um, specific cultures used um scarification all right so i think that's all i think we are pretty much all caught up on that on what mm-hmm. on what we discussed last episode, yeah. So I'm going to go straight into it. Do you have any questions before we go ahead? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, okay. So today we are going to be discussing one of the other um, uses for it, which kind of sort of ties into identification, but in a different use case, right? Mm-hmm. So the case study is going to be in or we are going to be looking at the ancient nyasa land which is back in like well right now present day malawi but then they called it the nyasa land because those were the regions around the lake nyasa in malawi all right and so this is based off of uh, a particular work done by a medical doctor at the time who uh, and at the time i mean between 1905 and 1915 so he was like um present in the region at that at that at the time his paper was it wasn't even published it was published much later but yeah let's just get into it so he was looking at uh the locals in the region and how they had specific body modifications done to them right but then he started to notice something so like I mentioned last week, initially they thought um, all these scars, all these um, um, all these designs they see on the people's skins are solely or were primarily based on tribal identification, right? Mm-hmm. But then, oh, and actually, Brian, you're going to be very proud of me for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. You're going to be proud of me for this, but okay. But then he discovered something which was which was uh, pretty unique. So he noticed that, first of all, from generation to generation, there seemed to be differences in how the the scars or the scarifact or scarifact or whatever they called it. They had some certain terms for it. So how the scarifact appear on people's skins and how the markings are drawn. So if you go from, say, in the same family, grandmother to mother to child, it sort of changes a bit, right? Mm. but then but then the the most unique case you saw was um 
a case where it seemed to be used in terms of uh, like negotiation and fostering unity amongst a conquered people and their conquerors. And I'm going to dive into a bit of the history that 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 will make this um, make a lot more sense. So, if you recall, and this is why I said you'd be proud of me. If you recall the episode we did on Shaka Zulu, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, if you recall the episode we did on Shaka Zulu, remember we mentioned something called the Mfekani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So. Um, and this is why I said you'd be proud of me because I actually listened to our episode. So if anybody is wondering what the heck is happening, go back and listen to that episode, <laughs> right? Well, you have you have so, to, you have to at least mention what the Mfekani was. Some yeah, I am going remember. to. Oh, okay, I am going to mention it. Yeah, I'm going to go go a bit into it. But I'm saying if they want more detail, they better check out that episode, right? So the Mfekani, you, I, don't, I hope I pronounced that right. The Mfekani you mentioned, right, happened around. Okay, I don't really remember that particular time. But then it, it was a time where the Zulu Empire was um, warring with the the Zwidi, right? Oh, with Zwidi of the Ndwandi. I remember you mentioned. Yes, there were a bunch of very nice names in that episode. So the Ndwandi and the Zulu were at war. And then this war was so great that, I mean, of course, the Ndwandi lost. But then you mentioned that it was that the Mfekani was called the crushing because whenever someone loses the war, they move out, go fight other people, and it sort of caused a ripple effect. So the losers go out, defeat another group of people who also go out, defeat another group of people, and it was just a lot of bloodshed and a lot of, you know, like a ripple effect of one war cascading into multiple different battles and raids and stuff like that. Right. So... So, so that is that is largely correct. The only the mm-hmm. only correction is that it wasn't just the war between um, Shaka and the Zwidi that um, led to them for kind of, It was a bunch of wars. So yeah, that whole exactly. yeah that whole side they all liked fighting, and then you know it started the cascading effect that caused people to migrate and what was yeah in Fakane. Good. Good, 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 good. See, it's a good thing I'm my teacher here. So, yes, the Ngoni are one of the people who were in or participants of that whole cycle of violence that was happening, right? So, the Ngoni in this case, uh, they're like um, akin to what you would say Akan in the Ghanaian case. Ngoni mm. is like, um, it's like an overarching term. It's sort of, it's, it's like an American term for a, a bunch of people who speak some uh, related languages. So um, one yeah. of those people yeah. are the Zulu. So the Zulu are an Ngoni people. An Ngoni people, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but then there were certain groups or certain Ngoni groups that, because of that, had to migrate from yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. the lower regions and went all the way up into the regions around the Lake Nyasa, or the, yes, the Nyasa land, the regions around Lake Nyasa, yes. So, uh, back to, back to the doctor. So the doctor, in observing some of his, or some of the patients, or some of the people that came to him, right, noticed that, I mean, typically in a war, or typically after a battle, when one group conquers the other, the other group is just, 
I mean, you would expect the other group to just submit to the Congress or the Congress should oppose their will on the other group, right? Mm -hmm. But then there were two interesting cases for, or two interesting developments that came out of this. So the first was around the Lake Nyasa region, the, the, the Congress, right? Or the conquered, the conquered people, which are the, the people who originally lived there were forced to, or no, no, were forced. They adopted some of the Ngoni scarifacts. That's what they call them, scarifacts. So they adopted some of the Ngoni scarifacts. But then in a weird uh, twist of what's the norm or what you expect to be normal, the conquerors of the region, which are the Ngoni groups that came there to settle, or I mean to settle in quotes, to conquer and mm-hmm. settle, also adopted the scarifacts of the people who were in that region so it wasn't a mere opposition of my will on my like subject yeah it was more like a defrosted peaceful relations like we are now sort of it was a sort of like coming together of two different groups to become one now since that's the situation they are going to be living in so it wasn't more it wasn't like a mere forcing of my will on my people or the people I just conquered, it was like, um, I adopt some of yours, you adopt some of mine. Yes, that exchange. And that's what helped foster peace in those regions. Right. And that Mm -hmm. was like a very interesting case of how just through mere trading of Scarifax or just that particular act alone was able to help foster like peaceful relations. It wasn't like a contract or anything, but it was just that mere exchange sort of fostered the peace in that region moving forward. There was another case, right? Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> there was another case, and this is not in the Nyasa region. There was another case where um this will be back this will be in the region of uh, hold on, let me find this. Further down in the Mozambique region. So the Magude region. Ooh, that was like we talked about Magudi last one in the last episode, right? So in the Magudi region, there were also some um, people, some of the Ngoni set, uh, people that settled in that region, right? But then in their case, the it wasn't like a, an exchange or a peaceful exchange the way I just described it for the other people. In this case, they were, they were actually being pursued by some of Shaka's men. So uh, Shaka had sent, wait, yes, Shaka. Shaka had sent like soldiers in pursuit of some of the escaped enemies, right? And then he sent, so this is the thing, because of, because of, um, because the people in that region were famous for having certain scars on their nose, right? It gave, it gave their noses a sort of um, bumpy, knobby, knob-like appearance. Right. So because the people in the region were famous for that, Shaka sent out, when Shaka sent out his men, he asked that they find men who were settled or living in that region without those scars on their noses. And so to escape the, the impending doom that would befall them if they were caught. They also did the same. Exactly. So they had to basically embrace their their people they conquer so it wasn't like it was to foster peace it was this one was like necessity 
to save themselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's how that's how they were able to evade being captured and sent back to face probably death. I mean, let's just be honest. They they, mm. they weren't being captured for like a, a reunion party or something. It was straight out to get killed. So yes, yeah. that was based off of necessity. But like this is this was a I found a very interesting use case of scars that were not the conventional um oh identification ooh this that like kind of thing right yeah yeah so that's like the first one i'm going to talk about (laughs) do you have a question before we go forward well well i the question i have is not related to what we just discussed but Mm -hmm. um so far in all the use cases and examples that you've given, you've left out Northern Africa. Yes. So I'm curious about scarification in Northern Africa. Was it not a thing? Oh, no, it was. I mean, I did mention Egypt in the previous one. I just didn't talk about okay, it Okay, well, much. yes, yes, yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in the... I'm a, the Imazihen. Oh, the Imazihen, Imazihen yes. people. yes, yes. I did not really look in that region for stuff, if I'll be honest. Oh, okay. So you, you don't have an answer to scarification? No, not from that region. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. what, so, what, so right now we've covered all the use cases you gave, right? Uh, pretty much. Yes, yes. That there's one more, but then that would probably that's that's more like uh would have to cover that better in another episode that would have to do with uh like uh rights and adulthood and adolescent which, rights basically. Which 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 reason which which uh which use case is that? Which use case so like this would be the use case where scarification or yeah, scarification is is used to mark certain milestones in life so like we oh, mentioned okay. last week okay if you are if you are a kid and you become an adolescent yeah so you are passing on to a new stage in life you adopt certain scars to mark that transition in your life so right right yeah we, yeah. yeah so i think we, we mentioned that in the case of the the edo people who yeah, use the yeah, remember. yes so in that case, yeah, there's, there's, that's one use case of scarification to mark certain um, stages of your life. Um, adolescence, marriage, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much, that pretty much covers um, all the use cases I gave from last week. There are certain stages in life you didn't really... Um... What's dive into it yeah the only mention i give an example for the edo yes yes the edo people so actually i give yeah, yeah. so okay so the edo are one right so mm-hmm. in the case of the the ewu so mm-hmm. it's like basically the ewu isn't given to i mean there are some cultures where the children are scarred f- like rice from when or no rice from when they are born but like when they are younger yeah, yeah. right yes yes but the edo people the ewu is given when they are in adolescence. So in a sense, every person you see with an ewu, with ewu symbols on them, is edu. But it doesn't mean every edu has ewu symbols. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. But do you have do you yes. have other examples of people who other examples that? would be yes, yeah, so the the ladies I mentioned in southern Mozambique as well. In the social uh there's I mentioned was more like a social thing, was more peer, not like forced on them. But they also adopted certain scars. Whenever so when they get married, they have certain scars that they they add to their collection in a sense to basically tell their peers that I'm a, as a new stage in this in this life. If they have uh, their Karo women and the Tiv of Nigeria. Ooh, the Tiv of Nigeria is also remember last week you when I mentioned the sexual thing, not sexual, like um what what word would I use? Um erotic. <laughs> but basically the people who have like scars and they believe in it's it's used for arousal and all those things. Mm-hmm. The Tiv of the Tivoid ethnic group of Nigeria are also one group that practices this as well, right? Wait, hold and on, so, hold on, hold on. The yeah. Tiv of Nigeria also have um the Tiv are an ethnic group in Nigeria by the way, who also have yeah. also have um scarification for the purposes of um you know arousal. Yes, yes. They also they also have oh, the okay. scars for purposes of arousal, yes. Interesting. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't expect that. Ah, but last week, last week when you mentioned, when you mentioned it, I mentioned Nigeria. Exactly. It That's was like when it. I, I saw it, I saw it to I was like, ah, crap. Brian was right. He was. Yeah. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. It was like, but I wanted to focus more on the Magude women in that particular case. That's why. Because <laughs> me, right. I'm like, there's no way the Nigerians don't have that. But you, you really, no, okay, it's not that you, they see, you really, they see the Nigerians, like, when it comes to everything. <laughs> you give them I mean, credit are, for everything. There are so many and so diverse that, like, almost everything about Africa, you should be able to find an example in Nigeria. In Nigeria? Yes. <laughs> I see. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Uh, um, I was so like I was saying the the Magudi women also practice this at a certain stage in life. They also give themselves cars to mm. to sort of symbolize that yes, they've moved into a new era in their womanhood, where they are no longer just girls or young women, but they are married or you know getting ready to have children, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. but then so. this will probably be reserved for like a deeper dive if we are going to go into like um, let's see, uh, puberty rights that would include a lot more than just clarification. It would include like a lot of the 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 ceremony that has to do with celebrating a coming of age, stuff like that. Okay. You get it? Yeah. Mm. So. Um, yeah. Okay, do you have do you have more do you have more examples? Yeah, yeah, of course, definitely. So there's like so these ones probably didn't make it to the main <laughs> one because it's not like a widely practiced thing, right? But then like you mentioned, some obscure cases. So I'm just going to rattle them off so, so that we go through it quickly. So there's like a few cases, I think you even mentioned this last week, where some people are scarred to for healing purposes so discard them and then they apply herbs and stuff in the incision yeah. so i think that was yeah so there's like there's a healing 
aspect of it where people use scarification for insertion of medicine there's there was a there was a random weird case i found where some guy was scarred by his grandmother because apparently he looked a lot like her late husband so um he gave her scars that looked like the one her late husband has mm-hmm. random but okay <laughs> yes the, <laughs> the, i mean it, it kind of gets it gets bizarre okay there's a there's another one where there's another one where there was a lady that was scarred because she was an only child I'll just let that sink in in case like uh, if you if you try to imagine a place like uh, China adopting such a thing imagine how beautiful everyone (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah okay let me go there's a there's also another one where so like we mentioned the Abiku and Obanji thing right where some some kids are born and they believe the parents believe right, that's what right. children does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there's, there's this one is sort of similar. So this one, they were twins. Actually, they were twins, right? And then mm-hmm. one of them died. And then the, the last surviving one was given scars. So that's, that person doesn't join the, the, their twin sibling. I don't know yeah, whether yeah, maybe they believe yeah. like... Oh, that, that, actually brings, that actually brings in the angle of spiritual protection. I think we should have yes, exactly. done we should more in detail whole, on that one. On the spiritual, spiritual protection. protection. But yes, yeah. there's a whole spiritual aspect of it. Perhaps you believe like the spirits would come back and not recognize them because ooh, all of a sudden there are some scars on the face and the person in my, you know, wanted list did not have scars on their face. So right. go on with that. <laughs> and then... There's also uh on also on the spiritual aspects the the weeder people of like Southern Benin, they give their they give scars to children very early in life, like a few weeks after they are born because they believe it connects them to their ancestors. It sort of helps them preserve that feeling, that heritage, that sense of belonging in their community. Just basically gives them a deeper connection to the ancestors and the spiritual realm all that fancy voodoo stuff yeah so that's like a, a couple obscure cases that we throw in there that don't fit with the, the big general right. mood yeah. but like yeah. yeah these are these are some cases or some uses of it as well so yeah so just just to drop in a something small in there the last mm-hmm. one that Ofori mentioned the the people of Benin what the yeah. Wida Wida I don't know if we get that right, but we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... Huh. Spelled like O-U-I-D-A-H. In, or yeah, H-O-U-E-D-A yeah. so, in some cases. So I'm yeah, not sure how yeah. to pronounce it. It was, it, was, it was a kingdom in modern-day Benin. So it's a, a, yeah, a couple of ethnic, uh, ethnic groups in modern-day Benin where... The, were under that kingdom before it was conquered by the Dahomey anyway but uh, yeah Amazons yeah 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 them people some anyway <laughs> so um, yeah I guess that brings us to the end yeah of this episode of Africa's Untold Stories why people cut up their faces and other parts of their bodies and other parts of their bodies yeah <laughs> if if 
if my parents were more traditional, I would have probably had some you. of those on my faces too. Right? <laughs> that would have been epic. I think I have, I have, oh. I have a couple of cousins who have something like that. But yes, it's not, you know, it's like something small. Yeah. I mean, it's not too late if you want to Come on reconnect with the ancestors. <laughs> Go and sit here somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh my God. So, so also one last thing. While, while, while we're having the discussion, I was curious about the North Africans. And so mm-hmm. I Googled and I couldn't find anything related to the Imazihen doing scarifications. I guess it's not a thing for them. Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, yeah, it's probably more in, just the in my entire search. Yeah, in my entire search, they didn't really, they never, okay, well, don't never, but I, I did not notice anything pop up from that region. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess, yes, it's just the tattoos they do. Some, some ethnic mm. groups, they use tattoos as well. Yeah. And some use tattoos yeah. instead of scarification. So I guess, yeah, the Imazikian probably did the tattoo ones. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they do have the more lighter, Sheet <laughs> in some cases, right? Well, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but perhaps, perhaps that could be a reason. Not really, because they're like some non-African, very d- lighter-skinned groups that actually did scarification in the did past. Scarification as well, yeah. Yeah, like the hands, they had scars on mm-hmm. their faces and stuff. Anyway, yeah, that's unnecessary information at this point. So uh, <laughs> that's it for. Uh, uh, today's okay. Africa episode. Uh, <clears throat> that is it for this episode of Africa's Untold Stories. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us once more. And mm-hmm. please remember to follow, like, rate, and Subscribe. share. Subscribe. Everything. Yes. Also, yeah, feedback is nice. Like, I mean, we we get some requests sometimes, and we actually really look forward to those. Yes. So that feedback. It, it as helps well. us. Yeah. Anyway, thank right. you for joining okay. us. And until next time, yes. peace. <laughs>